Joshua chapter 2, we'll start reading at verse 1. It says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither uh, tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan uh, under the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were going out, they shut the gate. And before they laid down, she came up unto them on the roof. And she said unto the, unto the men, I know, that the, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did under the two things of the Amorites, under the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sion and Og, and ye utterly, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. And we'll stop reading right there for a moment. <clears throat> so, again, we have this. Uh, uh, woman Rahab she's a harlot in the city and uh, Joshua sends out two spies now if you recall uh, uh, earlier in the Bible uh, there were there were 12 spies that were sent in to the same land they were sent into the same promised land but here Joshua uh, he cuts that down he sends only two spies into the land uh, to spy out the land and, uh, and to, to see exactly what's going on God has already promised them the land there was uh, there was no need for uh, much concern but Joshua still as a leader of these people he was still practicing caution he was still using discernment and still using the good sense that almighty God had given him by sending these spies into the country and it says that these spies they came unto this house of this woman Rahab who was a harlot within the city now folks remember this was Jericho this was in the land of Canaan a bunch of Canaanites that were heathens, they lived in a pagan culture, the, the profession of being a harlot was not looked down upon very much at all to that, to that uh, particular uh, culture that they were in it wasn't looked down at all by the people, by the heathens that were surrounding her, in fact there were temple prostitutes in the heathen cultures back in those days they felt like they were consecrated 
consecrated unto the gods which they worshipped. They felt like they were doing those gods and those goddesses a service by doing so. This uh, this woman harlot in the culture she was in and in the land of Canaan that she was in was more than likely consecrated to a goddess named Venus at the time. But regardless of any of that, regardless of those things, these men, they went into the city and they found this house to go into uh, that belonged to a woman named Rahab. Folks, I don't think that those two Jewish men sought out this woman. I believe it was the divine providence of Almighty God that sent them there because this woman here wound up being the only believer in Jehovah God of an entire city of a bunch of pagans that did not believe in the God of the Israelites. They, they, she told them here in the scripture, she said, we have heard that God has dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you folks. That was 40 years before these men ever came in to the city of Jericho. But the tale of what God had done for his people was still fresh in their minds. He had dried up the waters of the Red Sea. He had helped them defeat armies that others thought were undefeatable. Thy God done that for his people and he will do the same for us. Hallelujah. Amen. These folks came into the city. They went into Rahab's house. They didn't know Rahab. They wasn't purposely seeking her out. But they got, they got there. The men of the city, the king received word. King of Jericho received word. These men came in. There were two men came into the city tonight. They went to Rahab's house. He sent under Rahab. Folks, Rahab must have had quite the reputation. She must have had quite the name for the king to know where Rahab's house was and for the king to send people directly to her, for someone to come to the king and say, hey, they went into this house out there in the city. We need to go do something about this. We need to investigate these men the king sent under this, sent under her. Now, folks, I cannot justify what Rahab did as far as lying to the king's men. When the king's men showed up, uh, when they showed up to her house, and she said they went out another way they left a while ago if you take off this way maybe you'll catch up with folks that was an outright bold faced lie by this woman Rahab but once again she was a she was in the middle of a pagan culture a pagan or a heathenistic a society that she lived in and not only that but how many lies have you told since almighty God saved your soul hey ain't none of us in here with halos over our head. This woman had some faith. It wasn't very strong. It wasn't very deep. But she believed in the God of these spies. Amen. She was trying to protect them. Yeah. And folks, she put her life on the line in doing so. Put her life on the line in doing so. Hey, folks, <coughs> I've heard it preached and I've heard it taught that Rahab that Rahab ain't going to be in heaven. Rahab was a harlot. Rahab was a liar. Rahab was this. Rahab was that. I read in Hebrews chapter 11 where she's one of the greatest people of faith in all of the scripture. God's not going to include something like that in his word. If I'm not going to meet this woman Rahab one of these days, she was no worse, no more of a sinner. Her sin was no more wicked.
broken, no more black than anything that God has forgiven me of. Hallelujah. But I intend to see her one day. Are you reading Hebrews? It says that she she believed what she heard said by faith. By faith, Rahab believes among all those that believe not. All that whole city of Jericho had hundreds of gods, maybe thousands of gods that they worshipped. They were polytheistic. They had a God for everything, much like the Native American culture here in, in America, much like the Greeks did, much like the Romans did, like almost every pagan in, uh, in this uh, in the back in the Bible days. Folks, they had a God for sand. They had a God for mud. They had a God for wind, for the sun, for the moon, for the stars, maybe even for each individual star. I'm not sure, but they had hundreds of gods, and this woman Rahab, hey, by faith, by faith, it is by faith that we are saved, and by nothing else, it is by faith that when God came to us, that we believed what He was showing us, that we were sinners, and that He was willing to save us. This woman heard the stories. I've heard what God's done, and she believed she believes, much like Abraham. Folks, <clears throat> when Abraham, when God told Abraham, you grab Isaac, you take him up yonder on the mountain, you offer him up to me. Abraham believed what God had said. Not only take him up there on the mountain, he wasn't only obedient to that, but what did he promise Abraham? He said, there's going, to be, there's going to be one come from your loin. There'll be a seed come from you, and I'm going to multiply as the sand of the seashore and as the stars of the heaven. That's what Abraham believed. He knew even if God had him kill his own son, that God had power to raise him from the dead to make good on his promise. This woman Rahab here, she had the same faith that Abraham did. She believed the same God that Abraham did. And she believed for the same reasons that Abraham did. Because she had heard of the work of God. Abraham had seen some of the work of God. He had fallen witness to the work of God in his life. And Rahab here, she was fallen witness. Folks, what do you think these spies told her when they came? I don't think they just went in her house and she knew what to do. I think they had to whisper something to her. In fact, the book of James says when she received the messengers. That's what, how James describes these spies as messengers. Messengers to who? They didn't go out and broadcast in Jericho what their intentions were. But they had to have been messengers to somebody. They were messengers under this woman Rahab. And because she received the message, because she believed whatever message they brought, that destruction was coming, that doom was coming, that God is the one that was bringing it, her and her family were spared it was her faith she believed the message she believed the message folks that's where the problem lies nowadays people don't believe the message of the gospel when they hear it people and there's different areas of that that they don't believe they either don't believe that they are a sinner which we are every one of us is Everyone knows this. Y'all know my first grandbaby was born Wednesday. Seven pounds, 11 ounces worth of sin came into the world. 
That's all we are. We're sin. Our flesh is sinful. Our bones are sinful. Our muscles are sinful. The blood that courses through us, it is sinful. Everything about us is sinful because it was cursed by God in the garden. It, that curse has passed on to every man and woman that has been born ever since we are sinful creatures. But to believe that we can be forgiven, we must first believe that we need to be forgiven. Given. This woman here, Rahab, she believed the message. These men come in to the city, says that she hid them underneath the flax that was laid out in order on her rooftop. Folks, this woman, this woman, Rahab, she may have been a harlot. I don't know if she was a temple prostitute. I don't know if she was just a prostitute, but the Bible says that she was a harlot. But she had faith to believe. In fact, she had so much faith to believe that it not only saved her, as I said, it got her family saved. They were saved from the destruction that came on all of Jericho when the Israelites came into the city and God had them march around the walls of the city and they marched around seven times over the course of days and on that last time they blew the trumpets and the walls caved in. It wasn't the wind coming out of their trumpets. It was God saying this city is yours. I delivered it into your hands. They went in. They saw that scarlet thread. We didn't read that far. We didn't read that far. But that was the sign. Yeah. That was a sign she was to leave a scarlet thread yeah. hanging out of her window. And that was to signify to every Israelite, every Israelite coming into the city, you don't mess with that one. Yeah. You don't go in that window. You don't go in that house. You don't kill those people. You don't take them hostage. You don't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. God has spared them. Folks, really and truly, uh, as far as the conquest, now I know those people, Genesis through Deuteronomy, there was people, uh, Gentiles, that came into belief of Almighty God. But as far as the conquest into the promised land, Rahab was the first one. She was the first one delivered by God. A Gentile, was. she was the first Gentile delivered by God. And folks, when God delivers someone, He doesn't do it halfway. When He saved my soul, He didn't save me a little bit here and a little bit there. He saved me completely, utterly, and totally right then and right there where he did it and he picked me up set my feet upon the solid rock established my goings and I've been treading that way ever since when God saves he saves praise God this woman Rahab you go on to read about her on throughout the scripture she went on to marry a man named Solomon who was Solomon you read over in the book of Ruth about a man named Boaz. Yeah. Solomon was Boaz's father. You read about Boaz. Boaz and Ruth had a man, had a baby named Obed. Obed had a baby named Jesse. Jesse had a baby named David. And Jesus Christ descended from the seed of David. Jesus Christ is the promised king that his kingdom will never end. This woman, a Gentile, Rahab, this harlot, she is in the very bloodline of Jesus Christ because of this instance where she believed. That's why she's there. That's why she's there. She believed. That's why I'm where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Folks, it ain't Dan and I were talking about when it come through the door about grace. Mm-hmm. Folks, it ain't nothing I've done. Mm-hmm. 
There ain't nothing that Rahab did. All she simply did was believe the report. Ain't that how Isaiah 53 starts out? Who hath believed her report? Who hath believed these things? Who hath believed in God? Who hath believed in Jehovah? Hey, now go on to the New Testament. Who hath believed in Jesus Christ? Who hath believed in His sacrifice? Who believes that He is able to wash away all sin? I believe those things. That's why I'm on my way to heaven. Nothing to do with what I've done, either before I was saved, when I was saved, or after I was saved. It is all a gift of grace by Almighty God. We sing it constantly that by grace He will lead us home. Why don't we believe it? It's by grace we'll make it. And that's the only way. Now, we let work start getting into the picture. <clears throat> we'll get proud about ourselves. No. We'll get proud. This woman Rahab, she, I don't think she had a bit of pride about her. Not from what I can tell. No. That man, Solomon, that she married, he was the leader of the tribe of Judah at the time. What tribe was Jesus from? What do we call him? The line of the tribe of Judah. This man, Solomon, Solomon, he was, uh, he was a leader of that tribe. Now, it's, there's no Bible to back it up. He very well could have been one of those two spies that came in to begin with. Uh, because Joshua chose from, or when the 12 spies went in, it was leaders from each of the 12 tribes. So <clears throat> Solomon could have very well been one of those two spies. I don't know. Folks, it don't really matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is this woman, a sinful person, a Gentile that was without hope, a Gentile that had hundreds of God instead of the one true and living God, a Gentile whom we would look down on in our society nowadays as a prostitute. But God looked at her and he said, I can redeem this. I can do something with this. Hey, this woman that's consecrated herself to the God of herself, to the God of her fathers to the God or to the gods of everything around her. Hey, I can do something with this. He done the same thing when he saved your unworthy soul. He looked down, saw how broken you were, saw how sinful you were, saw what a wreck we had made of our life, but he saved our soul. He done the same thing for Rahab. <clears throat> he saved this woman and he put her into a place and God, God ordained that marriage. He put her into a place where she was in the very bloodline of Jesus Christ. You got Solomon, Rahab, you got Boaz, you got Obed, you got Jesse, you got David, and all the way down to Jesus Christ. All the way down to Jesus Christ. She's in the very bloodline. And those people, those Christians out there, those churchgoers, those people that hate that fact. There's people out there that can't stand that fact that there was something that was so unclean in the family of God. Folks, there's uncleanness all throughout the family of God. I was unclean when he saved me and now the only thing that makes me clean is the blood of the only begotten of the Father. I cannot make myself clean. Rahab could not make herself clean but when she heard what happened, she believed what she heard, therefore she was spared. Hallelujah. It was no different for you or for me. When I heard it, I believed it. Amen. Rahab was no different. Yeah. Folks, 
Once again, this was a pagan culture. Heathens. Heathens. Worshipping self. Worshipping all these, all these gods that weren't real. Fast forward up to the time of Jesus. Just a little bit in your mind for a second. Fast forward to that. Who did Jesus come calling? God called Rahab. You like it or not, God called Rahab. But you fast forward. When Jesus was calling the disciples, handpicking them, who did he pick? He picked Peter doing what? He was fishing. He picked Matthew doing what? Collecting taxes for the Roman government. Matthew's own people, the Jews, hated his guts. And the Romans hated his guts because he was a Jew. But Jesus looked beyond all that. Jesus was the only one that gave Matthew a second glance in that day. And he handpicked Matthew. You look through the disciples. You looked at the people that Jesus healed. You look at the lepers that he healed. You look at the blind eyes that he opened. You look at the man that, that the man's friends let him down through a broken and tile and they were through a tile they had removed in the roof. Jesus healed that man, forgave that man, but it wasn't because of that man's faith. It was because of the faith of his friends. And it is faith that gets this thing done. Amen. Not our works. No. They could have left that man out. What I was just talking about. They could have left him out on the sidewalk, at the front door, at the back door. They could have left him plumb across town. And Jesus Christ could have still healed him because of those men's faith. They could have came in and said, hey, there's a man laying over yonder two, three miles this way. Hey, he needs a touch. He needs help from you. Hey, the centurion had that kind of faith, didn't he? He said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should open, that, that you should come into my house, that you should enter into my house. But you say the word and my a servant will be healed and his servant was healed from that very hour it was the faith of that centurion it was the faith of those men's friends it was the faith of Peter of John it was the faith of everyone who believed why they are in heaven right now Amen. not their own works <clears throat> you take this culture they were in back to Rahab back to Rahab take the culture they were in and that culture continued oh, yeah. all the way up to the time of Jesus. All the way up to the time of Jesus. And that culture continues all the way through the first millennium A.D., the second millennium A.D., where we're at right now, or, or the third millennium A.D., where we're at right now. The first one was zero to, a, to 999. That was the first. Then you got the second, 1,000 and 2,000. We're in the third millennium A.D. right now. Mm -hmm. The culture has not changed. It's still pagan. It's still heathen. But there's still a religion. There's still a belief. There is still the faith that a few fishermen had. Folks, we're talking about the day when philosophy ruled the globe. We're talking about the day when people would flock to philosophers and they would listen to what these philosophers had to say. And if somebody uh, sounded just a little bit dumb or a little bit stupid, they would leave that philosopher and go and find one that they could relate to, go and find one that they could that they could uh, listen to and think this man's got some intelligence. This man here's got some clout about him. It's the same culture now. We live in a society now. Roger talked about the seasons that we live in this morning. We live in a season now where the world says, I'm too smart to believe in a God. I'm too smart to believe in a creation. I'll stick with evolution as opposed to a creator 
the, the, the culture has not changed. God has not changed either. He is still the creator. He's still the master, the maker, and he is still the one that will bring judgment unto all who do not believe. He's still the same God. But the belief, the religion, these bunch of fishermen went out. And a despised tax collector went out. And they talked about this man, Jesus. They said, this man's the way. This man's the truth. This man's the life. And I know Jesus said that in John 14. But they were saying the same thing. Jesus sent them out to proclaim those things after yeah. a while. All throughout the book of Acts, what are they doing? They're preaching Christ. Yeah. They're preaching Christ to the Jews. They're preaching them to the Gentiles. They're preaching them to everybody that they come in contact with. Folks, it was a bunch of worthless people that began, or that this rigid religion was began with. And I say religion very loosely there because religion ain't enough to get any of us to heaven. It is faith in Almighty God that will get us to heaven. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, not our religious practices that will get us there. Folks, we can show up every Sunday at 11, every Sunday at 6, and every Thursday at 7 until we're blue in the face. We can sing our songs. We can we can have prayer requests. We can do all these things. That is religion. But when the service begins and when God breaks loose, hey, that is the relationship. That is God. That is the relationship with Jesus Christ and that has got to take place at some point in the service. This woman Rahab had a relationship with who knows how many men. Mm. And not to curse anybody out, probably women too. Because that's what prostitutes done. And and particularly if she was a temple prostitute. Didn't matter who come that way. That was her consecration to her God or her goddess. Was I'll do whatever with whomever to honor that God or that goddess. It's untelling how many partners, quote unquote, she had. God still saved her. God redeemed her. Place, hey, he, he put her into his own family. He put her into the Jewish family. The, fa- the Jews who were promised this land that Rahab lived in here. Hey, Rahab said, I know that the land is yours. I know that God has given it to you. He is the same God in heaven that he is in the earth. She believed in this God and God rewarded her for her belief. Directly into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. (coughs) She said, we have heard. I read the last two verses again. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt and what you did. Under the two kings of the Amorites. That were on the other side of Jordan. Sion and Og. Whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things. Our hearts did melt. Mm -hmm. Why was that? Folks, when they crossed Jordan. Now listen, she says as soon as they heard these things, it was unheard of for a sea to split. 
There's a bunch of, that's why it took them all night to get through. We see it in the movies, we see it in pictures, we read it in books that, you know, it was within a half an hour, they was all across. Folks, they had not only themselves, but they had the possessions as well. They had the stuff that the Egyptians had given them over there, that, that God had, had, uh, had caused the Egyptians to get. They had all these things to get across, but they heard that God had done that. They heard that God had, uh, had uh, helped them, had assisted them, had uh, basically destroyed these Amorite kings on behalf of his people. It says our hearts did melt. That would have included Rahab's heart. That would have included her, her family, and everyone in her household that was saved. The only difference is she was the only one when her heart melted. When her heart was pricked with the truth, she is the only one that believed. Amen. Unfortunately, a sermon after sermon yeah. it goes out and the truth goes out and Christ and Him crucified goes out Christ and Him resurrected goes out Christ and eternal life goes out amongst the crowds and people won't believe it they will not believe it either here or there they'll believe it halfway folks oh, we'll yeah. believe this book Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 or we won't believe it at all we have got to believe the entirety of Scripture. So that our hearts didn't melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. And Rahab seemed to be the only one to take heed to that. My courage is left. Why? Because there's a God out there. There's a God that's working on behalf of these people. We stand no chance. There's no hope for us. That's what Rahab would have been thinking. And it says our heart didn't melt. And, and, and they thought these things, but evidently some self-courage ballooned up on everybody else. They thought, we can do this. We can handle this. Folks, when God says doom is coming, I can assure you doom is coming. When he says destruction's coming, it is coming. When God says, and when God's word says that hell is real, hell is real. And praise God, I ain't going. There's destruction coming on this world one day like the world has never seen. It was, it, it was a bad time in Noah's day when the world was flooded. But folks, there's destruction worse than that coming, on this, coming in to this world. And it will be brought by the same God that brought the flood. He promised over uh, in, in Genesis that he would never flood the world again. There's a much more violent destruction that's coming. He's not going to flood the world. He will destroy it with fire. And that fire will come from him. It'll come from heaven. Hey, I know in the, in the, uh, in the account of Noah and the flood. Not only did the rains fall from above, but it says that the fountains of the deep, they were broken up as well. The water came from above and below. Hey, we live on an earth right now. We've got lava. We've got melted metal. We've got all these things underneath where we're at right now. God, I believe, is going to bring fire from the heaven and He's going to bring it from underneath. He's going to destroy this entire world with fire. One of these days, the Word of God says that the the very elements will melt with a fervent heat. I'm glad I'm a child of the king because my Bible says that I am not appointed unto wrath. I will not have to suffer that. I won't have to see that. I will be in heaven with my God. Hallelujah. Amen. But destruction's coming. Oh, yeah. It is coming. And the world don't believe it. Mm. The world don't believe it. They're gearing up. 
They're gearing up. You read, you read in Daniel, you read in Ezekiel, you read in Revelation. The world's going to gear up against God. Oh, yeah. They're going to come against God. Kings will come against them. Oh, yeah. Citizens will come against them. Enormous armies are going to come against God, and God will slaughter them, every one of them, with a sword from his mouth, with his very word. And the fowls of the air will come and feast on their flesh. For the Lord our God, he is God in heaven above and earth beneath. This woman believed Jehovah God, and God rewarded her for it, folks. <coughs> I believe that scripture backs up. And yes, once we're saved, we'll have reward in heaven. Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and uh, rust don't corrupt them. Where thieves can't break through and destroy. Yeah. They do that here. And especially back in Jesus' day. Hey, most of, their, most of the huts that they lived in, they were made out of earth. It didn't take a whole lot for somebody to go over and just take their fist and break a wall in the side of the house. They could reach through, grab whatever they wanted and take off. That's the breakthrough and, and, and steal part. Nobody be able to do that in heaven. No. There'll be no sin there. There'll be no thought of sin there. No thought whatsoever. But folks... <clears throat> this woman believed what she heard. Do we believe what we heard is what it boils down to. Do we believe what we hear? Do we believe that we are sinners? Do we believe that God is the Savior? And do we believe that we need salvation? If we believe those things, what's the Bible say? I say it all the time, praise God, because it's also in Scripture, Romans chapter 10. If we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's all it takes. Folks, this woman Rahab here, she was saved because she believed. She was saved because of her faith. She was saved because she believed what she heard uh, about Jehovah God. She believed whatever message that these spies brought into the land, brought into her house. The hey, destruction was coming, uh, and they, but they told her, they said, you hang that scarlet thread out your window and destruction won't come anywhere near you. Death will not come near your family. We will leave you all alone. But folks, it was Rahab's heart. It was Rahab's fault. It was Rahab thinking about her family that brought that whole thought in, in, into formation there. God made a way for her through her belief for her and her old family to be saved. Hallelujah. God made a way through Jesus yeah. Christ. Right. Every one of us could be saved. Good. Every one of us could be saved. Who's saved? Those who believe. Not those who act. Not those that do the deeds. Not those that work. Those who believe. What's the Bible say? It says only believe. Jesus said it himself. Only believe. 